Welcome to BFNC Living, sponsored by Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. BFNC Living is a weekly podcast to help you navigate life issues and to help enhance our overall quality of life. We know life has many ups and downs, but a helping hand and a listening ear can help. Each week, we will share stories about a variety of topics, feature special guests, share information and valuable resources available in our community. Please follow BFNC Living at www.bfnc.org, Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to BFNC Living. I am your host, Chandra Redfern, CEO of the Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. And today we are going to talk about tax preparation tips. It is that time of year again where people are looking to file their taxes. Some of us not me, but some of us will be looking for a refund and others will be looking to see how do I pay my taxes that I owe the government. And so today I am joined by two very special guests, um, Mr. Grenard Poles, director of the Vita Tax Services Program at BFNC, and Ms. Daisy Ball, director of the BFNC Hope Center, located right now at 419 Monroe Street in the Westminster Community Building. And I say that because that's a change this year for us. And so I want people to know where we're located. Although Mr. Poles is looking like no, but (laughs) I want people to know where we are located at this year because people historically have known us to be in other locations. And so welcome, Mr. Poles, and welcome, Daisy. And so before I get into all my questions I have to ask, um, Mr. Poles, talk to us about how long you have been preparing taxes at the Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. I came to Buffalo Federation Neighborhood Centers under the uh, direction of Jan Peters in 1981. And we started tax service in 1982. Wow. Wow. So that's why you were the tax guru. Yes. Of BFNC. Of BFNC. There you go. Daisy. So Daisy has been with BFNC for quite a while, but talk to us about when you started at BFNC and then how you became involved with the tax program. Wow. Um, Well, I've been with BFNC for quite some time. Um, uh, I originally started in 1997 and then went on to do some other things and came back in 2012. How I became involved with the tax program is that um, I became director of the Hope Center, which is the economic empowerment programs uh, for BFNC and support services for senior services. And with that, uh, the tax program uh, uh, operated in the Hope Center umbrella as the largest or flagship program of the Hope Center to provide free income tax preparation for um, the community here in Buffalo. And so the program, again, has been helmed by Mr. Poles uh, and the Hope Center uh, uh, team uh, provides a support to the individuals that come for the tax preparation that may need other economic support services. Our goal is to make sure that families and individuals have all of the resources they need to be financially stable in community, whether that be links to social services for SNAP benefits, whether that be um, looking at opening uh, uh, bank accounts to make sure that they're able to get direct deposits, whether we're looking at helping to do credit repair or helping to set other financial goals. And so a lot of times when you come in looking for one service through the tax program, you end up with other services through the Hope Center. And so it's a really great um, integration of, of programs that and services that we offer at BFNC. 
Right. Yeah, there's a whole lot. And I mean, even though, yes, um, I see you all a lot. I'm always learning about something new that the Hope Center offers. And I know that there are some new things that will be coming up within the next few months. So we're excited to hear about those as well. So when we talk about our VITA tax services at BFNC, Mr. Poles, who qualifies to receive free tax preparation via these services? Because that's always a question. The, the VITA tax program is sponsored and supported by the IRS. And it's designed from the start to assist, well, actually it started with the tax counseling for the elderly. Mm -hmm. And then they started offering services to other than elderly and then families and then everybody. And the income limit this year, as I found out from my colleagues, uh, $58,000. So $58,000. So no matter what your household makeup is, the maximum income is $58,000 in order to be able to receive these services, these free income tax services through this program. Officially, yes. Okay. Yes. So we understand that that's the income bracket is $58,000. And so what if I'm a business owner, but I still need that $58,000 threshold? Will you do my taxes? If you're a business owner and you're filing a Schedule C or you're filing separate business income, I'll give you some information okay. and some help. What's the Schedule C? Schedule C is when you have a business, you're, you're a beautician, okay. and you have to file, or you're working for BFNC, but you're doing outside counseling okay. for other services, you get a uh, 1099 miscellaneous, and therefore you have to file that as part of your total income. And I think one of the things that communities and a lot of people don't understand is the IRS wants all your income. That's, one of, your that's one of my questions. <laughs> I don't want to get you off... No, go ahead, because I was going to ask you, how does my side hustle affect my taxes? That's a question we get all the time. Yes, yes. That's part of your income or part of your household income. Your, ch your children who file separately or who could file separately, that's not part of your, it might be part of your household income because you're saying, hey, you're not getting this bed for free. The other thing that you may say is your income doesn't affect the parent's income. You're filing your own taxes. So your limit is $58,000. And if you make it 58, maybe you're supporting your parents. Or the other way around, your parents has your income. So in a household, in a building, there may be three house, three tax returns that need to be done, each individually. So that's good information. So it's based on the individual return, not necessarily the household. Yes, ma'am. Good. Okay. So we know $58,000 and it's based on the return. So you, you brought up some kind of complex situations, which obviously I'm sure that you all encounter. So let's talk about first, we have, um, you know, we have summer youth programs, we have things like that. And so there's always this question, if we have a young person that has a job and they're getting a paycheck and they're taking out taxes in that paycheck, the question that we always hear is, can that young person file taxes or do they have to um, include that income with their parents? And then the second piece of that is, well, can that parent 
if the person files taxes, can that parent still claim that young person on their taxes? There's a, there's a yes and a no and a yes. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Individual income taxes, the individual files the taxes. My granddaughter could be a dependent. She needs to file taxes, and I need to file her on my taxes because she's my dependent. My son, grandson in the household, I don't have one, but a grandson in the household, right, he... It's not my dependent because he made over $16,000. So he files his own taxes, claims himself. I'm claiming my granddaughter. So let me stop you right there. So he's not your dependent. Because he's making enough money to Be support himself. Or because he's making enough money to support himself. Yeah, he, there's a threshold there too. Oh, okay. So that's some new information. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So then... Okay, so what's that threshold? Do you, do you know that offhand? Can you tell us mm -hmm. that? It's going to come up a little later, I think. <laughs> okay, all right, well. Because it, it kind of moves, because there's some options in it. Daisy, do you know the threshold? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's about, it's between twelve to 14000 right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, so that's, okay, help me, help me understand here. So if an individual is making, let's just say $14,000, we'll go on the high end. Mm -hmm they would not necessarily be considered a dependent because yeah. that's considered self-sustaining income? According to the IRS, yes. That's a whole nother show and conversation, but that's good information. So then that would make that particular child not eligible to be filed on the head of household's tax return right. as a dependent. Well, see, head of household is that class record. Would not be able to file on if you're the custodial yeah, parent. Right. Let's just say it like that. If you're the custodial parent, and may knock me out of head of household status because I have to have a dependent to be head of household. So that leads me to my next question: head of household status. What is that? Help my listeners understand. There is a person in my household, right, that I claim, and they meet the guidelines as a dependent that there's a relationship right mm -hmm. and I support them so does it matter so say you have a husband and wife and a child in a household would it matter if the and they're both employed they both husband receive yes would it matter does it matter which person files had a household like is Wait. they're married filing joint or married filing separate. So head of household is only for single households, no. no? I can be married and not be in the household. She doesn't live with me anymore. So then you would be head of household? If I have the dependent in the household with me. Wow, okay. Right? That's true. And she, the other person, my spouse or my wife, is living in... Amherst and has her own house, you know, supporting herself. You know, we're not divorced, but we're not living together. Okay. But she doesn't have a dependent, so then she could not. So she's married, filing separate. Mm -hmm. But she's not single. Okay. That's good information. Really good information. So, my next question is if I'm an individual, 
and I want to come have my taxes done at the BFNC. What does that process look like? Where do I start? Do I, do I just come to the office? No. What do I do? You call 211. So <clears throat> obviously, uh, uh, in the past, everyone's been used to just coming by um, when we announce the days and hours that we're going to be operating and, and, and just signing in and, and waiting their turn. Uh, the pandemic changed that. Uh, again, we we want to make sure that we ensure everyone's safety. And so what we have done is we have a set number of appointments for the days that we will be operating. And our days this season, effective February 1st, will be uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evenings from 4.30 to 7.30 at 419 Monroe Street and on Saturdays from 9 to 1. If you would uh, uh, like an appointment to come and have your taxes done, all you have to do is dial 211 and they have a tax hotline for scheduling. The line is open 24 hours a day and you can call, give them your name, your phone number, um, and they will uh, get you scheduled for a day to come in. Um, if you do stop by our site, because we still get people that come to the site, uh, we will do our best to accommodate an appointment for you. It just may not be the day you show up. So please know our goal is to make sure that everyone who needs assistance gets the assistance, uh, but we want to make sure we do it in a fair and equitable manner. So the best way to get an appointment, again, the hotline is open 24 hours a day. You will get a live person, not a robot. Uh, just dial 211 and they will get you scheduled for an appointment. We are opening February 1st and we will be providing tax services all the way through April 18th. So we will have more than enough slots to accommodate you. So, to be clear, there is no walk-in services. We cannot guarantee that we can accommodate you walking into our site and getting your taxes done. Exactly. The best possible thing is to call 211 to schedule your appointment, and that way you are guaranteed on that appointment day and time to be seen. Exactly. Correct? Exactly. Okay. That, that sounds great. And one of the reasons that is is because our program is volunteer operated, correct? Yes. yes. So some of the listeners, because, you know, people feel like, hey, if I go to H&R Block or wherever, you know, I'm, I'm paying for this person and people have these mythical ideas that they're going to get more money or something of that nature. But talk to us about who is preparing the taxes during this season through the Vita Tax Program. So I know they're volunteers. What are their backgrounds? And how are how are they trained? How do they know what they're doing? Well, they come, uh, their backgrounds are, are, are very diverse. I mean, we have school teachers. We have people that work in finance. We have people that have been, um, that work in accounting. And then we just have folks from all different walks of life that just have an aptitude for preparing taxes and wanting to give back and um, have been doing it for years. I mean, these are uh, just really great folks that desire to give back to community and dedicate um, time to make a difference. And so um, we're very excited that we have a lot of returning volunteers this year, but we also have some new people that have uh, expressed interest. As for training, all of our training is uh, uh, done uh, through the IRS guidelines. The IRS uh, releases the training components, um, the books, uh, the, all of the manuals, everything that we follow. And then we work with a coalition that provides the training for all of our uh, volunteers, which is actually a four-day training, uh, three hours a day. And you take your 
your test on the fourth day. And so we're very excited. Um, we've been um, in training since October, having training sessions rolling since October. And uh, we are finishing out the last two sessions in the next two weeks. So there's still time if you desire to volunteer to reach out to us. Uh, you can contact 716 852 5065, press extension 132, or uh, you can email us at dball at bfnc.org, and we will do our best to accommodate you for training. But our, our, our train, our, our, all of our volunteers have to pass the IRS certification exam, um, and, uh, and every one of our volunteers is certified by the IRS. And uh, again, we want to make sure that we're providing the best service we can. And so we're 90% volunteer operated. And so to make sure that everyone is accommodated, again, that's why the appointments are essential. And that's really helpful information because a lot of times people are like, well, who's doing these taxes? And do I really want to go there? And, and, and so it's really good to hear that people are provided with IRS mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. It's certified. And I understand there's like exams they need to take too. Yes. So they have to pass the exam to be mm -hmm. able to do these uh, taxes. And there's a process. Mm -hmm. I also understand once the taxes are done, they have to go through several reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, you know, this is a great service because it's quite expensive to get your taxes done. Yeah. But this is a free service to those that are eligible for this service. Mm -hmm. And these are really solid tax repairs. Um, we heard Mr. Poles has been doing it since 1982. And so he has a lot of experience. We know that, Daisy, you've been doing it for about five years yeah. or so. Yeah. So um, there are people here that they know what they're doing. Um, so I want to get my taxes done. I made my appointment with 211. Mm -hmm. What do I need to bring? What, what do you need from me? And that's the other part of the comment earlier that you need to bring all your income. And I was talking to a gentleman the other day, he didn't think his Social Security was income, right? For tax purposes. And there's income that you may not be taxed on but it's tax reportable. Mm -hmm. So there's tax reportable. Again. Tax reportable. Yeah. And then there's income that you are taxed on. Yeah. So essentially they want to know about all the money you That's have coming in. That's right. They want to know all the money you, or the money that you move that may not be taxable now so that they can make sure that when you take it out, when you retire or take it out when, you know, later on for, you know, you want to buy a house and you want part of your down payment, that that is added on. Well, I earned that money. And I put it into this account. Yeah, but you didn't pay taxes on it through your employer. Right? Mm. It was tax exempt then. And now you want to take it out now? We want to know about it. And that, well, I put $40,000 in over the years, and now I want to take it out. Well, part of that, you didn't put in. Your employer put it in as a benefit to use to keep you working, right? But the point is, that's going to be divided by the company that ever sent you. And... The part that you put in with tax exempt for or didn't pay tax on, you will. So the government is pretty good at knowing that. And you'll get a letter about 18 to 25 or 4 months later on that you didn't file all your taxable, taxable income. And then that's when you may call up Daisy and say, in the off season, and say, why do I get this letter? And mm -hmm. so part of our responsibility, I would think. It's to better inform the community as to what is income, what is taxable income, what is not, what's reportable, so that even if you're talking to your 19-year-old son, 
he better understands that when he goes to H&R Block, what he needs to take and what he needs to cover. Because they may, you may get a better return mm -hmm. if you don't report all your income, but you're going to get a letter and now it's, it's income and there's a penalty and there's interest. Right. And that lot of winning that you cash for your friend, that's income because your social security number is on it. I think you need to say that again for some of our <laughs> listeners. So if a friend goes to Daisy and says, Daisy, could you go cash this lottery ticket for me? And she says, okay. Then that means that Daisy has to report that on her taxes, even though it's not her earnings. Well, it's not her winnings. Yet. Not her winnings. She has to report that. Because to pick up that money, she gives them the, her social security number. Mm. And we had some situations where, well, you're a senior. You don't pay taxes. You don't got social security. Well, I'll, I'll give you $400 to cash this $10,000 lottery money. Mm. And then there's a rule that once you make over a certain amount of money with Social Security, other money, so say if I had a job or uh, winnings of $10,000 and Social Security of $21,000, now my income is $31,000. Right. And part of my Social Security becomes taxable. Wow. Well, that's certainly something for people to consider, I'll say. So we have to bring all of our income or any monies, I'll say like that, any monies that we've had come into the home, into our hands, into our pocket, even if we were helping somebody else out and they actually got the earnings yeah, through yeah, winnings. Yeah. So I get an argument with a taxpayer, discussion with a taxpayer. They said, I didn't get the 10000 I said, what did you get? Well, he gave me $50, yeah, and now he doesn't report it. And you can't find it. So I think that's a good point because, I mean, honestly, in our community, that happens a lot, mm -hmm. right? And you have people using people's, putting things under their social security numbers. And I think those are things that we need, to, people need to be aware of. It doesn't just go untraced. It is affecting someone. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be very mindful before you agree to do some favors or mm -hmm. things like that because you will be held responsible for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're bringing documentation of all the money we had coming in. So that would be, you know, statements from your employer. What other types of things? Statements from the IRS. Statements from your pension fund. Mm -hmm. Statement from New York State uh, unemployment. Mm -hmm. okay. And we had individuals that said, my unemployment, you know, you, know, you owe taxes on it. You don't owe taxes on it, but you're responsible for the for that income, and then, therefore, you could have had withholding on it. Mm. So there is a significant level of information that, I don't want to say our community, but people are not aware of. So when you say withholding, explain that to, to us. Withholdings. If I work for BFNC and they paid me $1,000 for an event or, and I said we'll hold 10% for tax purposes, the employer would send that 10% to the IRS, federal. Okay. And that would be part of my total withholding 
that could help me. You could also have withholding on your lottery winnings. Mm -hmm. And that way, we're trying to inform you. So somebody says, well, I'll pay it all at, at tax time. That's your option. Mm -hmm. Or somebody else says, I don't want to owe taxes. How can I balance my income slash whatever it is? I hear that one a lot. So as an employer, people come in and they're doing their forms. And, and a lot of times people don't know, they don't really understand how to complete the forms, right? Um, they don't understand that, you know, what which numbers are picking up. Oh, yes, the forms have instructions. They do. But then we find some people, like, once they file their taxes, they're like, maybe I didn't pick the correct thing right. mm -hmm. because they owe money. Mm -hmm. Um can you talk a little bit about that whole process? I mean, do you run into taxpayers that that's their issue? You know, they're yes. like, well, I, I did this or that and, and those types of things. And part of our, I believe our responsibility is why we've been in business longest, that I want you to do what you want to do. You want to either owe tax, not owe at all, or owe something that you can pay, or two, there's other people that we've helped change their withholding. So it's a savings account mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that their refund is $1,400, right? And they can go visit their children in Texas or wherever. So they have a plan and it works for them. They can live mm -hmm. off the 80%, withhold the 20%, but it's more than that because it also affects who you're claiming, which you get a, a deduction for. So we need to round out your information about what the government can do to you, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not responsible for your taxes other than to help you file them correctly. And I cannot, if you mention something, I can't leave it off. Right. Well, Correct. I think there's a larger piece of that as well, because the other extreme is that you'll have an, an individual that, you know, on their W-4, they could have written they have nine dependents to try and have uh, the minimal amount taken out of their checks because their goal is to get more money in their checks to make sure that they can they can live the way they want to live. Not realizing that when they come in to file for their tax return, um, they may not have had nine dependents. They may have only had one or two. Right. And obviously it changes what the withholding should have been. And you end up owing the IRS because, mm -hmm. you know, they gave you this money up front in your check. But in reality, you were not entitled to everything that you received. Right. So then the question becomes, well, why do I owe this much? And it's us having to do the education to say, we understand that you need money to survive. But you also have to understand that when you when you do these kind of, of decisions, how will it affect you in the long run right. and what position that puts you in? And so that's really a lot of the discussions that we have. And, I, and what I say every year to Mr. Poles is that we end up doing a lot of couples counseling because married couples, a lot of times, you know, they may, depending upon their income, may decide to do, you know, married filing separate or, or all of that. And then they're losing out on... Um, deductions that they would qualify for that would help them in the long run. So one of the things that we do, which I think is really important, is we work the numbers both ways to show them 
that this is what it would look like if you filed together. This is what it would look like if you filed separately. Well, that's great. And then they make the decision. That is really great. It's giving people options because sometimes in people's minds, they mm -hmm. just think a particular way. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably going to have to invite you all back because we're, we're running out of time. But um, I think that's a very valid point because especially now, you may not be able to do anything about last tax season because it's done. But if you start now, mm -hmm. you can make some changes that come next year mm -hmm. will be more beneficial to you in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important piece and, and part of having this conversation yes. is just what you all do outside of the taxes. It's the education. Mm -hmm. And that's what you may not get depending on which other preparer you go to right but we really want to see people be financially and economically stable and not just stable but educated so you can make the best decision as Mr. Pohl said earlier based on what your lifestyle or household needs are because everybody's different mm -hmm. you know somebody might decide nope give me all my money and I'm gonna pay that big tax bill when it comes mm -hmm. They may decide that. Other people like me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Take out what you need to take out. I don't need a refund. I just don't want to owe the government. Right. You know, so everybody's different and they have different life situations. And I get it, you know, inflation and all that stuff. So people want the money that they have. Um, so in our, our few minutes remaining, we're going to bring... Any monies that we had coming in, any monies we may have claimed, what else? We, we have our appointment at BFNC. What else do you need us to bring? Uh, Your ID for every individual that you're claiming on the return. Social Security card or um, a unique identifier number if you're not a U.S. citizen. There's a special ID number that they give you okay. um, that you need, tax ID number that you get. Um, you have to bring that information in. Uh, with you. Um, again, if you have any, if you are in college or have children, dependents that are in college, you want to bring in the tuition statements, the 1098Ts. Okay. If you have any expenses related to the education pieces, you need to have that uh, listed out for us so we're able to include that information on the okay. return because there are certain things that are uh, deductible. But again, ID for each and every individual um, that is going to be filed on the return. If it's a dependent, your children, um, you have to, uh, if they're your, your children, if you have birth certificate, that's fine. Um, if you are a foster parent, typically you will get the statement from the foster care uh, agency saying that you have custodial custody of that child. But we need something to demonstrate that you are able to claim that child. Um, and again, you have to have the Social Security cards for every dependent that you claim. Okay. All right. Well, those are um, all good things to know because you want to be prepared because if you don't have ID, then they can't do your taxes. Mm -hmm. um, some people ask the question, do I need to bring my prior year's taxes with me? It's helpful. It's very helpful. So if you have them, bring them. Um, we uh, use that information uh, to uh, see, you know, what your filing steps, what your histories were before. We work your return as well. If you have filed with BFNC in the past, we will have your information in our systems. But if you filed somewhere else, bring what you what you filed from the other agencies. Okay. All right. Any last thoughts or comments? that you'd like our listeners to hear? 
We're going to have you back, though, because I have a bunch of other questions about things I want to know about. So don't wait until April 18th. (laughs) Don't wait until April 18th. (laughs) Do do, do yourself and do us a favor. Don't wait until (laughs) April 18th. Um, The sooner you get in, the better, uh, because if you have a more complex tax issue, it may take us more time than just one session to solve it. So we want to make sure that we have enough time to be able to look into the issue or concern or get the right answers to make sure that you're filing um, correctly and in time before the deadline. A lot of people feel that, you know, I'm not going to owe. In reality, we never know until the return has actually been prepared. So what you don't want to do is make a mistake um, and and not come in and file before the deadline because then there's other penalties and things that happen after that. And my final question, do you offer e-file? Oh, yeah. Okay. The IRS, as part of the VITA program, as part of the uh, elderly program, wants more electronic filing because they can process it more efficiently. But at the same time, uh, we can also make mistakes more efficiently, and therefore you can get that letter that you didn't file anything. But clearly you can get a letter probably within the season that we can file taxes so that we can correct the return. Yet the IRS wants all of our VITA returns e-filed. And so if it so happens that when you do my taxes, I'm getting a refund, I'm able to get direct deposit? That is correct. And what should I be bringing to your office with me for my appointment to ensure that my funds are? Not only you can get direct deposit and you can split the deposit. You can put part in your savings and part in your ticket or part in your husband's account. And so what do they need to bring? They need me the, the uh, routing number. Routing number. account number. Account number. the bank or institution okay. that you want. And we, will, we won't check it to verify it. You'll check it. I will not send a return in until I hand that return to you and say, verify this information. So security numbers, dates of birth, proper addresses, spelling of the child's name, and where you want this money to go. And you can tell he's been doing that an awful lot because he said that just just rolled off of his tongue. So <laughs> he has a lot of experience saying that. Well, certainly I want to thank Mr. Poles and Miss Stacy for being my guest today. I learned a lot. So Thank you for educating me. And we're going to have to have you back because we need to continue to have conversations on how we help individuals because taxes are for sure in life and you will have to pay them. And so we want people to be prepared and we don't want people to be afraid. You know, we don't want them that, you know, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to pay. You you have to pay taxes. And so we want to help people be responsible citizens, you know, avoid penalties and fees because those can be very heavy. And, um, You know, some people, they avoid filing taxes because they have situations. And we, we want to help people through those um, issues and things like that. So thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you so much, Mr. Poles, for uh, having this conversation with me. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. And so um, to learn more about BFNC or to listen to this and other podcast episodes, visit us at www.bfnc.org. Podcast episodes are also posted on Facebook and Instagram, the WUFO website, and all other major podcast platforms.